Welcome to the Perky Collar Radio Show, where we talk to entrepreneurs from across the globe to learn why they started their company, what mistakes they've made, what they learned from those mistakes, and they all share an incredible success story. Thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to the Perky Collar Radio Show. I'm your host, David M. Frankel. Today, I'm so excited to introduce you, Bill Barty, who is the owner of Jesse Brown's Outdoors in Charlotte, North Carolina. Good morning, Bill. How are you this morning? Doing wonderful, David. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you for being on the show. I know you got a lot going on with the fourth quarter looming and lurking over our shoulder. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, the fourth quarter is here, which, of course, everyone knows, uh, concludes with gift buying in December. But here in the outdoor world, we've got a lot going on with uh, October, the cooler weather, more people getting outdoors, being active, and a whole lot of that in between for October, November, and December. Makes sense. I'm sure everyone's just kind of tired of the heat and ready to go camping where it's not 100 degrees. <laughs> exactly. Well, excellent. Well, kick us off with uh, why you bought Jesse Brown's Outdoors in Charlotte. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, so Jesse Brown's here in Charlotte is uh, a 50-year-old outdoor outfitter. Jesse Brown started it back in 1970 before there was any real competition in this category. So um, through the years, he had people who would come in and work for him. And eventually Jesse moved on and his replacement, of course, had people who came in and worked for him which I was one of. So back wow. in 1989, uh, working at Jesse Brown's was my summer job. And guess what, David? Wow. I have never left. That's funny. <laughs> I don't know if it's funny. It Either I found my <laughs> dream job or this is uh, uh, the worst dead-end job that's ever happened. But uh, I, I really enjoy uh, uh, the category of retail, working with people. It's a different uh, different customers each day, different opportunities, challenges uh, in this marketplace every day, no matter what's going on. Of course, we all know, especially these days, but um, I just haven't found that better job. Even if I won the lottery tomorrow, what would I do? Hmm. I would probably be right here at Jesse Brown's. That's incredible. I mean, if you look at most people across the globe, Many people can say they've been in the same job since they were a teenager. I would say less than 1%. <laughs> it's kind of a pretty low number, but you got to yeah, love I it. I mean, if you love it, why leave? I mean, I, I would think that maybe family-owned businesses, that happens when they start as a teenager, work with their parents, and eventually take over the business. But the fact that you're an employee of Jesse Brown and loved it so much, you stayed, you worked hard, you worked your way up. I mean, I'm sure as a teenager, what you're doing is very different than what you do now as an owner. So it's nice that they gave you more responsibility as you got older, as you showed uh, abilities and strengths in certain categories to the point where they said, hey, I want to retire. Hey, Bill, would you like to buy it? And you're like, of course I'd like to buy it. I don't want anything to change. And I'm sure he felt it was a very smooth transition. Walk us through that a little bit, if you don't mind. Okay. Well, and and I must say that I had help. I had family involved, but um, essentially there were two, Jesse had Jesse Brown's and then um, his wife took over. And of course, all of this is way before my time in the 1980s. But then they had an employee who really his task had been to bring in the category of fly fishing. His name is Joe Hedrick. I work for Joe. 
And and my um, actually Jesse Browns had hit some bumps in the road back in the early '80s, right in there. And my family helped Joe out, helped Joe and his brother and Jesse Browns out. That was my in. Um, and and through that, I obtained equity. And Joe was actually David. You know how this was. He had interest in other business as well. So eventually, in 1994. He moved on out, and I was the next logical man standing because I was in here working every day, helping uh, do things in the business. My MBA, uh, if you will, which included moving a store. Uh, Joe and I uh, moved the store from over off South Tryon here in Charlotte, North Carolina, to the South Park Shopping District, um, where a lot uh, was of activity was happening, um, not only now, but in the early 90s when we moved it. So uh, we moved it in 93. Joe moved on in 94. And here I am ever since. Wow. So you're talking 27 years of kind of or 26 years when Joe officially moved out of being involved with Jesse Brown. That's quite a, a mark. I think our parents and our grandparents had jobs like that or opportunities like that where they stayed with the company so long, the company appreciated them. They loved the company. The company loved them back. But it seems like today in 2020, you just don't see that kind of love anymore. Walk us through that a little bit. How did you feel over the years that made you stay? Was it just a connection with, with Jesse? Was it a connection with Joe? What, or was it maybe the connection with the customers? What was that strong bond that made you stick around and, and grow with the company? Well, you know, when you talk about businesses, oftentimes you think of them uh, as being the same business, a static business with no change in it. And I think what made me stick around was actually this business was not static. Jesse, his wife, Joe, they were both uh, and all outfitters dealing with people who were doing activity all the time, whether that activity was a camping trip, a picnic, or maybe a fly fishing journey somewhere. They were outfitting for those activities. But what I was intrigued by was how the business changed over those years to where it wasn't just about activity. It became about people's identity. And you know how some people drive the car that they most identified themselves with. You know, if you're if you're maybe um, into environmental concerns, you drive a Prius. If you're a right and rugged person, you drive a a Land Rover uh, and those sorts of things. Well, that's the way the outdoor business became. And I was really interested in that non-static, that dynamic uh, part of the business where you weren't just dealing with people going on a picnic or hiking the Appalachian Trail or a fly fishing trip to Montana. You were dealing with people's souls, who they were by what they wore not just in their adventures, but what they wore every day to their job uh, or when they were off their job, how they identified. So we became outfitters in people's identity as well as their activity. Very interesting. And I would think also, are there any trips you guys took as an office, as a team to use new equipment? Because obviously there's nothing better than personal experience with certain equipment or clothing or warmth of clothing or, you know, easy use of of tents. Did you guys ever have any kind of company outings where you get to check out new gear or uh, use the equipment that you were selling? 
Yeah, and a lot of those weren't just company outings. They were uh, they will be sponsored by many of the brands that we represent here at Jesse Brown's. So, uh, for instance, if if Patagonia is having um, uh, an outing, we would maybe go and meet other uh, stores like us and, uh, you know, wear Patagonia gear at that or maybe wear uh, vast hiking boots uh, at, at uh, a hiking bit boot, how to fit them, how to wear them and where to wear certain boots, uh, that type of symposium. The other part of this business is it attracts people who already have an interest in not just old equipment, but they have interest in the newest. So there's an allure of those types of people to work at Jesse Brown's because they have an interest in either the outdoor activities or the gear or the clothing. Um, and that brings them into the store and they begin to work here as well. Very interesting. It's, obviously, this becomes kind of a culture of people that love the outdoors, I would assume. Like when you're hiring, it's more about finding the right people that, that share the love for the outdoors more than anything else, I would think. That's right. There's, there's two little caveats to that. There are people who love the outdoors. And then there are people who help bringing new people into the outdoors. And David, we're finding a lot of that in this business right now because the outdoors, we like to say the outdoors is in session because that is the one safe place that uh, you can go to without necessarily worrying. And you're escaping the crowds, you're out in the fresh air, and a lot of new people are looking for outdoor activities to do. So not only is our job, and I say our, myself and the people who work here, our job is not just to love the outdoors, but it's to love opening the door, if you will, to new people being outdoors. Because there's a lot of fear for people who are going outdoors. They're scared of uh, maybe in fly fishing, I'll look like I don't know what I'm doing. Or maybe hiking, I don't know where to go. Or maybe once you get to where you're going, hmm, there's going to be snakes or bears or bugs, or I'm going to sweat or I'm going to get sunburned. All of those things we look at as barriers to being outside. And it's our job at Jesse Brown's not to put you, not just to put you, not just to put you in the gear for that activity, but also to ease your concerns, answer your questions, alleviate those perceived problems that you may, may have so that you can get out there and enjoy it just like we do. That's excellent. So let me change gears a little bit because you've obviously been a part of the company since 1984. It gives you 26 years of opportunity to success or fail. Uh, both are good. Uh, I've done both, by the way. <laughs> I've um, succeeded and failed. Of course. Well, you wouldn't be an entrepreneur if you hadn't failed a little bit. So walk us through, I'll obviously a lot of our listeners make mistakes or they're afraid to fail in some components. Give us an example of a mistake you made in the process of you know, taking over the company and growing the company. Obviously, you said the business is never static. So obviously, since it's never static, there's going to be opportunity for, hey, let's try this. Oh, that didn't work. Let's bag that. Let's get rid of that, liquidate it, move on. Give us an example of a mistake you made maybe in, in merchandising or just in growing the company or advertising. And then what you learned from that mistakes. Wow, I can do that really quick and easy. I, I've got a layup one. 
And it has to do with our area and our category. Again, to everybody out there, we have jessebrowns.com. We have this website, but we really consider ourselves a brick and mortar heritage store here in Charlotte, North Carolina. And uh, Charlotte's a growing city with a lot of people coming in, new people. And we have um, segments of our community. So through that, and to uh, speak to that, we opened multiple stores to take care of different regions of the city. Uh, We opened one in University, which is north side of town. We had one in the south side of town, the Ballantyne area of Charlotte. And of course, our flagship store is, again, located at Sharon Corners in the South Park Shopping District of Charlotte. So um, just think of that. We have three different stores um, that are to take care of those three different areas because traffic's picking up. Who wants to drive across town to go buy their hiking boots or their fly rod necessarily? So we open those stores. Now, keep in mind, as we open those stores, guess what happened? Mobile shopping. <laughs> Mobile, yeah. Yeah, competition is right. Uh, it's yeah. uh, uh, people shopping online, being That's online, true. things delivered to you. So um, we made a, we made a, you know, it's a logistical decision, but it ended up not being the right decision. Uh, well, if, looking back, I, we don't beat ourselves up too much. Uh, we've sure. already been beat up a little bit by that, but we did open up multiple stores. So th- that would be a mistake. Maybe we should have been investing more in digital way back then. Uh, instead of brick and mortar way back then. And maybe we would have been a little bit more uh, ahead of the game here in 2020 than than we were then. Makes sense. So basically the South Park Mall became the signature store uh, and the other locations just didn't support the overhead and inventory and so on and so forth that South Park was able to generate and justify. Yes, when those stores were open, yeah, we thought eight miles was... uh, we thought eight miles or so was was a pretty uh, high hill to climb. Um, but looking back, people were climbing that hill. They would drive eight miles to get that specific uh, experience or that specific product that was maybe exclusive to uh, this store versus staying maybe a little bit closer to home in a smaller store. Now, do you ship it all? We do. We sure do. Okay. We should. I don't think that'd be another way to solve some of the problem too. Is like, hey, I live in Valentine, or hey, I live in University. I can't get there because of my work hours. Could you ship me these exact boots or this exact jacket and so on and so forth? And the other thing is, if you meet uh, certain uh, uh, requirements that we have, we will deliver to you. <laughs> oh, wow. So if you if you're um, you know we can't bring it to you in Raleigh. But if you uh, have a big trip and and uh, and you can't get over to us, uh, if you make your purchase, we will bring it to your office or to your house. We've done that several times for people who just couldn't get over to South Park. That's great. That's a great service. And again, now with uh, Uber and all these other delivery companies that are out there, uh, Uber Eats and you know, picking people up and taking them around. It's nice to have that option to help people. Because again, everyone's busy and time is the most valuable commodity people have. And if you can save them time by bringing things to their office or shipping it to them and save them from driving over, that's a, that's a great service. That's going over and beyond what's expected from any brick and mortar company. So I, I applaud you for making those shifts, those adjustments to 
to accommodate the customer and make sure you delivered exceptional customer service. Well, David, so, that probably goes back to that initial, or that earlier question that you had about why am I still around? That is part of the dynamics of this business and, um, and kind of reveling in those changes that uh, the marketplace, I think, really demand. Uh, uh, and we have uh, savvy customers here at Jesse Brown's and they have certain demands on us. So um, trying to speak to those demands continually is one of those challenges that we, we really look forward to taking on. That's phenomenal. And it's good that you're willing, you're open. That's the big key. It's, it's not just focus on doing one thing and one thing only, but being open to modifications or changes or pivots you have to make to, to make the customer happy. And I'm sure the first time the customer from university or Lake Norman said, Hey, I need this and I need it by this time. Everyone's drawing straws or doing rocks as a paper who drives it up there. But I would think ultimately, if you love what you do and you love the outdoors, you love the customer that's needing something. It's not rocks, scissors, paper. It's not trying to figure out who's going to go up there. It's like, I'll take it. Like if people volunteer, they want to go. And <laughs> that's a great culture to be a part of is that they love their customers so much and they love filling orders and, they want to make sure the customer is happy and get to when they need to, that they offer to go drive a, uh, an order to a location and versus having to fight people or beg people or pay them extra to, to take that trip. Yeah, we've got some outdoors people in here, so they'll probably try to uh, stop by Lake Norman if they're on that delivery and, and do a little <laughs> fishing or a little, true. A little outdoor uh, recreation uh, before they come back to work. <laughs> right, so that's like a three-hour delivery. Like, why did it take you three hours? Well, I had to test the equipment to make sure it worked before I gave it to them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> why is the equipment wet? Well, I wanted to test it for you, sir, to make sure when you got there tomorrow, it worked perfectly for you. So I took the time and liberty. And, you know, I went the extra mile for you. We appreciate that. <laughs> I celebrate your purchase, sir. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, why don't you just meet me on Lake Norman? We'll test it out together. How's that? <laughs> That's great. We, we have invited ourselves on several of our clients' trips uh, um, uh, to be uh, to carry luggage or to maybe even sneak in their luggage. Uh, that's been a, another change. Uh, you know, travel has, has been huge for us over the years. People going uh, to places, not just here in the Carolinas, but places around the world. And um, just to circle back around, that's the way this business started, was, was people doing outdoor things here in the Carolinas or, or in the Southeast, maybe. And it expanded to people doing outdoor things around the world, whether it be tours or, or, or adventures or hikes or all of that. But um, travel these days is not as expansive as it was. So people are celebrating the outdoor uh, adventures and activities closer to home again, here in the Car Carolinas, here in the Southeast. Um, and, and so we are kind of stepping back to our roots these days. It's, it's quite a different, you know, I, I can't speak to that, how different it is now than it was maybe five years ago. Makes sense. Yeah, they're not taking international trips as much. They're taking trips to the mountains in North Carolina or to the beach of North Carolina or just camping somewhere in a, a campgrounds in Charlotte. Exactly. In the, in the outskirts, which is great. And it's nice because then they can come back right away and give you feedback. And, you know, you can even maybe there's even some Facebook groups that could be started of just outdoor lovers in North Carolina, outdoor lovers of Charlotte. I mean, there's a lot of maybe other opportunities for you because of that where people can share. Hey, I bought this at Jesse Brown's. I loved it. Or, hey, I bought this Jesse Browns. I wish I would have bought this too. And just be there for guidance. I think a lot of 2020 is about educating people, not just selling people, 
gear or products, but hey, I went camping this weekend and used this. It was awesome. Here's some pictures of me using the gear. Here are the results of me using the gear I bought uh, and things like that. And let people share their experiences. So instead of just being reviews, it's more about pictures and videos and people sharing their love for the outdoors and you being a part of that community and being able to share, hey, next time try this instead and you'll get better results or you'll be warmer or you'll be cooler and those type of things. So I think it's a real opportunity for Jesse Brown in the social media space, maybe even TikTok, who knows, uh, sharing videos, sharing pictures, sharing experiences in the outdoors and just getting a following of outdoor lovers. I think that'd be a really cool opportunity for you guys. Well, it's funny you say that. Uh, just thinking back that the outdoors was really uh, uh, there were different categories. You had your climbers, you had your kayakers, you had your hikers, you had your fly fishermen, uh, and they were all uh, in different silos of their interest. But um, these days, it's not, I mean, th those people, don't get me wrong, are still interested in their sports, but because of the it, kind of what you're alluding to, the digital communities that are out there, it allows more people to interact and, and build these new communities, uh, not just face-to-face -face communities, or but also these digital communities of people with interest. So now um, we, we get to celebrate a little bit of a kayaker who may have an interest in hiking and fly fishing, or maybe a climber who's looking to become involved more in um, water sports. Um, and I credit a lot of technology for helping corral, if you will, these communities or these people um, with interest into these communities uh, as it expands um, these niches. Definitely. And I think too, that'd be a way to get people to go with them. Like, hey, who wants to go kayaking this weekend? Who wants to go hiking this weekend? And instead of doing it by yourself, it allows you to find a community of people that want to go with you. And maybe one weekend someone wants to go, next weekend someone else wants to, doesn't else wants to go. But if you have a community of two, three, four, five hundred, a thousand people, you're bound to find someone else that wants to go. I think college campuses do a really good job of corralling people to do activities. Uh, and maybe there's an opportunity for the outdoor world lovers to get together and try new things, experiment and do new, new things and you know, create a, a little more sense of community and doing activities together. Since everyone's on COVID, they have to keep their separation. But kayaking, I'm not going to be six feet. With, you know, I'm not going to. I'm going to be able to respect that spacing with you. Camping, you know, obviously you have separate tents. I mean, there's definitely ways, even with COVID and the pandemic, to do outdoor activities and still maintain your your time apart, even if you're not family. I think that's an important component, and even for safety purposes, to bring a friend or to bring someone just loves it and to do things as a community, I think is a, a great opportunity as well to bring people together to have similar interests. Back in the day, I worked for a company called. Uh, what was it called? Uh, great, ex great expectations, or it was a, a singles club for this activity club for singles. And the idea was to find activities that people had in common. So one weekend we'd have bowling, the next week we'd have a camping trip, rock climbing trip, fishing trip, and you got to figure out if you were single and you want to meet other singles that like similar activities, you sign up for the same event. You had an activity director, and they kind of helped coordinate the whole thing. I kind of see a variation of that through Jesse Brown, potentially through social media and through Facebook groups and things like that, bringing people together to just have similar interests. I think that's really cool to know that maybe people can find love because of Jesse Brown too. Who knows? That's that's right. It, <laughs> and, and part of the beauty of, of nature and, and being outdoors is you can pick and choose. So if you want to use your outdoor sports to be social, 
you can use technology, whether it be Facebook, Meetup, all these different uh, platforms that allow you to uh, join in with others. But just a reminder that a lot of people are using the outdoors to refresh themselves, for solitude, to escape, to get away uh, before they come back to the city or the suburbs or wherever they may live um, and be recharged to take on their everyday challenges that they may have in their family or uh, in their job or whatever. So that is part of the beauty of the outdoors is it is a great equalizer uh, for people of multiple, you know, generations of genders of, uh, of all of that, but also of people who are looking for others or maybe people who are looking to get away by themselves. Makes a lot of sense. And obviously with all the stress of life and COVID and family members passing, it's, it's nice just to get away. You know, self-care is really important. And I hadn't thought about camping as being that way or even some of the outdoors as being that way, but I think you're hundred percent correct. People need a break and people need to get away and refresh and rejuvenate. And the outdoors is definitely a great way to do that. Uh, Bill, let's wrap up with a success story, whether it be a personal success story or maybe one of your customer success story after buying something from you. They had a great trip as a result of things you recommended or your staff recommended. Is there a success story that comes to mind that either you experienced or a customer experienced? Wow. What a, what, let's see. Oh, success story. we got to end the interview with a bang. Man, <laughs> we do. And we are going to end this interview with a bang, a success story. I will tell you, uh, we get notes, not just emails, but we get snail mail letters from our customers and when we get these that say, hey, we had a great trip, um, you or, or so-and-so at Jesse Brown's gave some great advice. They pointed us toward this. They told us to go there. They told us to skip this. And we found that, that those uh, recommendations that you or your staff had really improved our trip. We've never been in a store like that that took the time for that. I know that sounds uh, minute, but it is so impactful for us as a staff in the store to get those. And at Jesse Brown's, we get multiple um, emails, of course, and, uh, and messages. But when somebody puts a stamp on it and mails us a note, we put it up on our little bulletin board in the back and, and, and talk about it and celebrate it. And it, although it seems minute, it is one of the biggest deals that we have um, at Jesse Brown's is recognition from the people who have invested their time and money in coming to us. And then they listened to what we advised and it helped improve their adventure. And in the end, that's what this is all about, is us to not just outfit, sell you stuff, but also for your trip to start here at Jesse Brown's. That's where the adventure really starts, uh, your experience, and then taking it out there and just expanding that experience outside even better. It's phenomenal. And it sounds, I can hear from your voice that you just love it and you just love helping people and love getting people outdoors and love helping people get outdoors. And it's amazing. And I hope anyone that's listening that's never done an outdoor venture, go try one. It's 2020. You got to try something new. If you've been an outdoor lover and never been to Jesse Brown's, go come into the store and check out all the amazing products they have. 
So besides me promoting you, uh, Bill, give us some information on how people can find you, social media handles that Jesse Browns has, an email address, a phone number, the address of the store, whatever information you think would help people find you. Well, on all those different platforms, social media, just go to at Jesse Browns, CLT. The hardest part is how do you spell Jesse? J-E-S-S-E, Jesse Browns, CLT. You can also find us at jessebrowns.com, as well as, we mentioned it before, in the store. Also, you can check us out on WBT Radio early on a Saturday morning. But if you don't want to get up early, right here where you're listening to David, we also have the Carolina Outdoors uh, podcast. So all of those are our different uh, places that we are and be. And David, you said it the right way. Um, Now is the time to take on those adventures that maybe were always in the back of your mind. We have a lot of new people who are going fly fishing these days. You can see about that at Jesse Brown's dot com as well and pictures from pre- previous trips right there at jesse brown clt facebook instagram twitter youtube all that cool stuff excellent well bill it's been a pleasure having you on the air and on the interview uh, i appreciate your time thanks for all that you do you're an inspiration for all those people that say what's the point of just having a job in my, in my as a high schooler that's not what i really want to do but you took the time to find a job as a high schooler that turned out to be your career so i applaud you for knowing yourself so well at such a young age that you found the ultimate match. So very few can do that. So you're definitely one amongst the elite. So again, thank you so much for your time today. And I hope you have a wonderful afternoon. Take care. Thanks a bunch, David. Thank you, Bill. Madison and White is the company that believes beauty starts in bed. Our pillowcases are designed to help your hair and your skin as you sleep so that you wake up and you conquer the day in style. If you would like to learn more, head to madisonandwhite.com where you'll hang out, learn all the different ways to look good, feel well, and dream big. Perky LLC is a clothing innovation company. We bring products to market that solve clothing-related problems. The first product I'm going to discuss is the Perky Collar. It is a collar support system for dress shirts. Don't you hate it when your collar lays flat, tucks under, one's up, one's down, totally lays flat when you wear a blazer? Well, no more. Here's how it works. Whether you're wearing a button-down shirt or a non-button-down shirt, it works with either one. Lift your collar up, put the perky collar on the collar chamber of your shirt, and then lay your collar down on top of it. Look in the mirror and adjust it so it's even from around your neck. Again, the perky collar sits on the shirt, doesn't touch your neck directly, and weighs less than a half an ounce. So virtually it's invisible and it's weightless. You'll see an amazing difference in how great your collar perks up every time you put on your perky collar. To order, go to perkyllc.com.